This is Annie Fox of Family Confidential, Secrets of Successful Parenting. My guest today is Chester L. Hall, Jr. He is the author and founder of Good Life Coaching. Chester is also the one who helps tweens, teens, and young adults succeed in life with more positive energy than you've ever heard coming from anyone. Hi, Chester. Welcome to Family Confidential. Hi, Annie. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. How's it going with you? Pretty good. Can't complain. Okay. Or as my aunt used to say, I could complain, but what good would it do? (laughs) Nobody wants to hear it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So really, this kind of segues into what we can control and what we can't control, right? And yeah, as a coach and mentor um, of tweens and teens specifically, I know in my work with them that they feel out of control a lot of the time. So I'm wondering what kind of like, you know, just starting off, what kind of messages do you give to, to the tweens and teens that you work with about this idea of feeling out of control? Well, one of the first things I tell a lot of my teens and tweens is, you know, it's, it's really hard to mess this life up. You know, uh-huh. even when you feel at the very bottom and you're in the doldrums and nothing else can get better or get worse, you know, it's it's really hard to mess this up. So even if you really make some really huge mistakes, there's always time to bounce back. You know, this isn't the end all. This isn't the last game. There's always going to be another game to play. So therefore, you know, one of the things I always want to reemphasize to them is to let them know this is not it. This is not all there is. You've got a lot more time. So. Don't sweat it. If you make a mistake, get back up, keep moving forward. Oh, I love that. I mean, because so many of them catastrophize every little thing. And it's like, oh, my life is over. And I completely <laughs> messed up that. That's it. Uh, I'm not I'm not bothering to go to school anymore because, you know, I've been humiliated, embarrassed. And um, yeah, so this is very hopeful to tell kids. And I, I have a sense they don't think this way. No, not at all. I mean, just like you said, every, you know, social media post that talks about uh, what this person wore today or who they're going on a date with is the last thing that could ever worst or the worst thing that ever happened to them. And, you know, once I help them overcome saying that, okay, there is another time, there is another day, you will survive this, we will get beyond this. And I kind of talk to them or talk through how they could actually get through it you know, it actually gets a lot better for them. You know, it's interesting. I just got an email. Um, you know, I don't know if you know this, but I've been on the receiving end of emails from tweens and teens and their parents for the last 19 years now. I'm probably in the next generation of, of people now. <laughs> but I got one yesterday from a mom of a 15-year-old who was very upset because her daughter is the target of a rumor. And her daughter doesn't want to go to school. So um, this is the idea that we're catastrophizing and my life is over. On the one hand, you're saying, no, 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 you've got another chance. But on the other hand, to to continue walking into what I consider maybe a battlefield at school and online, um, how, how do you help your mentees in this area? Well, one of the things I usually do to help them out is try to identify what the rumor's about, you know, and a lot of times you can't even find out where it actually started, but most teens can identify a, a common source or a few individuals of where this might have started from. And then pretty much I start kind of helping them rebuild, you know, the self-esteem, you know, how true was this, you know, is this really valid? And then pretty much also I ask them to, you know, find out how deep this is actually going. You know, is this a, a isolated incident or is this something that's going across the school or across the division? And even though it is a big deal for teens in that time frame, you know, what I also want them to understand is that this is usually an isolated incident 
what usually happens with a rumor is somebody has discovered a chink in somebody's armor. Oh, in yeah. this case, it may be the young lady is almost could be somewhat impenetrable. You know, she may have great grades. She may have, you know, be dating the star football player. She may, you know, be on the honor society or whatever may happen. And things are going really well for her. But somewhere down the line, someone saw a weakness and they decided to exploit it. So that's exactly the same thing that happens with bullying as well. Mm-hmm. You know, they there's a weakness somewhere, whether you're you're not the best looking or you don't wear clothes that are top of the line or name brand. And they know that you're self-conscious about that. So therefore, they go in and they just nitpick and they exploit it to the point where it becomes you know a vulnerable area for them. OK, so here's a question for you. Why do people want to exploit the weaknesses of others? I'm going to pretend I'm one of your 14-year-olds. You're helping me out. And you go, but Chester, Mr. Hall, why, why, would, want to, why would people want to be so mean? It could be a numerous <laughs> matter of this. I mean, I, the first one I'll say is the nature of the beast. I mean, that, let's get that one out of the way. The, That's the beast being human beings? The beast being human beings. Okay. <laughs> we, we, thrive, we thrive, human beings thrive on negativity. You know, I mean, it's wow. the same thing that happens. We, for a perfect example, okay, we could go to, or we could be driving down the highway, okay? You're looking down the highway, it's like, oh, there's just traffic, and I can't get through it. I wish these people just go ahead and stop rubbernecking. But what happens when we get up upon the accident or the police car that's pulled over another vehicle? What do we do? Well, we look. turn, look at it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We look at it. It's just the negativity that's in us. It's instinctual. And Unfortunately, because of that, we tend to look for the weak, you know, and we try to find out who is going to be the person that I can feel better than or feel more Uh superior. So unfortunately, it's the nature of the beast. But on the flip side of that, there are a lot of a lot of other things that possibly happen. I mean, you have to look inside what could be going on in somebody's home life or in somebody's personal life. Uh, They could be the one that's being harassed at home or in their neighborhood. So. In order to feel better about themselves, they go to school and they find the weakest person and they try to target them. Okay, so, so that's you, just thing on the cake. Yeah, no, no, you know, this they, is really interesting. So what you're talking about on two levels is okay. This is the nature of the beast. Human beings kind of try to make themselves feel better if they're in an insecure place, and most tweens and teens are feeling pretty right. insecure about who they are. So the idea that. Um, I can put someone else down and the, the falseness of that is that it's going to make me feel better because at least I'm not as bad as that person. But the flip yes. side of this is you're talking about is compassion. You're talking about um, getting out of yourself enough to say, well, what might be going on with this other person that's causing them to spew this negativity? Yes. And it happens all the time. I mean, I speak with a lot of teens right now um, at in my local you know, community. And when they talk about they're being bullied or they're being picked on and teased and stuff of that nature, you know, I have to go back and I ask them, I was like, well, what do you know about this person? Why do you think they would tease? And, you know, they kind of dig back and it was like, well, there was this time during the freshman year that X, Y, Z happened in the lunchroom and everybody laughed at them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I might've been one of those people that laughed at them. I was like, okay. So even though you weren't the initial culprit that started laughing they might have turned around and saw you laughing at them and said, you know what? Hey, you were laughing at me when I, when X, Y, Z happened freshman year. So now that I see that you have a weakness, I'm going to go ahead and exploit that. Wow, so it's payback you know, time. It's payback time for sure. 
Yeah, but you know, Chester, it's like, I know you and I are peacemakers. We wouldn't be involved in this kind of work if we weren't. And so we're, we are, even though we say it's the nature of the beast, is a part of us is very optimistic about the other capabilities that are also hardwired into human beings, which I believe are empathy and compassion. But we're certainly getting an awful lot thrown at us where when, when you try to do the right thing out of kindness and goodness of your heart, you're often mocked or put down. And, and that makes it hard for kids to do the right thing. It, it does. And you're right. There are a lot of people out there and there's always that inward compassion about kids as well as adults that want to help other individuals. But I think it becomes an uh, internal thing. Once kids are really comfortable, and, and I say kids, I'm even speaking about adults with this. Oh, sure. Once people in general are very comfortable with who they are as an individual, the rest of the world really doesn't matter. You know, uh, perfect example, when I was in high school, you know, I was the stereotypical uh, African-American young man that liked to play soccer, what they classified as the Caucasian sports. And, um, you know, but I was raised in Germany. I was an ex-military brat. I'm an ex-military brat right now. And um, that was the sport they played. You know, they played soccer. So that's what I grew up playing. And I loved it. But there were numerous amount of times that I was, you know, classified as, you know, an Oreo or, oh, he's just a white boy or whatever else like that. And, you know, I was very self-conscious about that for a while. But how after- did you, wait, wait, before you, after the, after a while, how did you deal with it in the moment? Um, I hope you didn't quit soccer. No, no, Good. no. I- I love soccer. Soccer is a passion of mine. So that's that was that was out the window. Um, but the main thing I did with that is I did a lot of reading. You know, I read a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I read a lot about uh, personal development, you know, a lot of historical heroes or historical figures and how they overcame overcame adversity. But the biggest thing I did, you know, I, I met a girl that liked me for who I was. <laughs> Yeah. And didn't want anything from me. You know, she knew I was a nice guy. I was smart and I played soccer. And But ultimately, she just liked me for who I was. Mm-hmm. And that happened in my junior year. And after that, a lot of stuff just kind of went out the window. It was like, I don't care what you say. I don't care what you say. That's you know, amazing. this young lady likes me. So therefore, I don't care what anybody else says. I'm good. You oh, know, and God. fortunately, I married that woman today. So. Uh. <laughs> Smart guy. Smart guy. Okay. So what I hear you saying is um, when someone believes in you, all of a sudden um, your self-esteem goes up and your ability to fend off the negativity goes way, way up. It's not that you're fighting back. It's like you, you don't buy into it as much. And kids who are isolated, who don't have that, that support network, that one friend, um, I think uh, what I've heard is that a lot of them kind of feel like maybe all this stuff I'm hearing from the other kids is true. Maybe what they're saying about me is true. It's really hard to feel good about yourself if you don't. <laughs> and you're right. Um, one of the things I deal with a lot of students and teenagers right now is not being involved in their local community or at school or at church. And I asked them, I was like, you know, what do you do? on a regular daily basis when you come home from school. Uh, I just sit and watch TV. I may play some video games and I eat dinner and I go to sleep. And I was like, you don't do anything else? And no, that's just what I do. What does your social group look like? Oh, well, I don't really hang out that much or the people I hang out with are, you know, in trouble. I don't really do anything. So, 
it, then it becomes one of those issues where individuals that are seeking favor to build their self-esteem in other people, they go looking for the wrong people. Mm-hmm. You know, perfect example. There's a young man that I'm working with right now and he is, he's, he's sober. You know, he did have some addiction issues and um, he got cleaned up and everything, but the whole entire time that he was using on a regular chronic basis, mm-hmm. I think he segregated a lot of the people that he would have initially found a lot of solace in, a lot of positive people, a lot of progressive individuals. And instead, he started drawing in that crowd that used the same things that he was using. So now that he's clean, he's in the middle of two separate groups. There's a group that could have been his potential friends that really don't want much to deal with them because of his past. And then you have a group of friends that, well, I don't want to really be affiliated with you because I'm trying to clean myself up and get away from that life. So there he's, he's caught in the middle. So therefore, where do I go? And, and, and what, do you, what do you tell him? You have advice for him? Well, I speak with him a lot. I speak with him a lot. I speak with him on a regular weekly, well, no, actually daily, every other day. And I meet with him on a weekly basis. And I tell him, like, look, you know, don't regress to where you were in the in the past. You know, keep moving forward. He is a part of the hockey team and our, our local street hockey team. So they have practice on Wednesdays and they have games on Fridays. And I told him, I was like, you know, those kids that are out there playing hockey with you, they're all there for the same thing. You know, that's a progressive movement. They're there playing hockey. They're not smoking. They're not drinking. They're not causing mischief. They're out there playing hockey. They're all there for a common purpose. Those are the individuals that you may want to start reaching out to, to find, you know, solace in and find uh, people that you can actually hang out with on a regular daily basis. So he has actually started doing that. So tomorrow is his next game. And I told him, I was like, well, I told mom, I said, mom, if he's having some difficulties making friends, maybe you need to have a little gathering over at the house. You know, nothing elaborate, nothing yeah. huge, just, you know, maybe some pizza and sodas, movies. So therefore, guys over. they can come over and hang out for a little while. And that'll help build up his self-esteem as well. That's that's a really great idea. And um, I'm, I'm glad we've segued, segued into the parent role because um, most of my viewers and listeners are parents. And when they see their kids either making choices that, that don't feel right to them as a parent, or they see the kids struggling in isolation, um, being targeted at school or online. Parents, you know, we we care. When our kid is suffering, we're suffering. And so I'd love to have you here. Um, just tell us a couple of takeaway tips for parents. If you if you feel some there's some warning signs that you're observing with your with your son and or daughter uh, in in the area of um, connecting with the right people, what can you as a parent do to help? Well, one of the first things I would say is dive in, but don't dig in. Ooh, you know, okay, I mean, tell me what you mean by that. <laughs> what I mean by that is, you know, don't be afraid to go in and start, you know, asking questions, do some investigating, you know, find out what their interests are or what their interests used to be and why they're not interested in those things anymore. Um, but at the same time, don't dig in to the point where they feel like the students or excuse me, the kids feel like their privacy is being invaded. Um, you know, it's easy for us to say, well, my friend Margaret has a son or a daughter and we want them to interact with our kids because we are friends. Well, you know, you and Margaret might be friends or me and Dan might be friends, but it doesn't mean that our fr- our kids are going to be friends. Right. So, you know, you trying to force that, you know, is only going to make them distance, you, distance themselves from you even further. Okay. Um, as far as 
finding hobbies, you know, put different avenues or put different opportunities in front of them. If they don't take to them, so be it. If they do, great, let's run with it. Um, dive in, don't dig in. The main thing is, is that you just don't want to have a complete hands-off kind of situation because the kids, they want to make sure that they have an advocate, you know, and you are their first advocate as their parents. Totally. I love it. Okay. We only have about a minute left, Chester. And during that time, I'd love for you to give our listeners and viewers an opportunity to find out where they can learn more about your work on the web. Okay, great. Um, you can find me on my website at www.goodlife-coaching.com. Um, I'm probably in the midst of changing that, but I, you know, I found that there was another coach that had uh, the same website almost, so I'm in the process of probably changing it up pretty soon. Um, but as for right now, it is goodlife-coaching.com. Um, you can find me on Twitter as well, at a good, and the two O's are actually zeros, so a good life. Um, and those are the two areas I spend a lot of time on as well. I'm on Snapchat. Um, I'm on Instagram, um, but on my website, I have links to all that as well. That's great. So you're very accessible. And I'll, I'll bet the kids that, that um, you inspire and motivate connect with you there as well. Yes, all the time. Um, for example, I make, I make a habit of posting on Instagram at least two to three times a day. And sometimes there are instructions or sometimes there's little tips or quips. Other times it's just random motivational quotes yeah so. it's it's so important for for kids today to feel like there's somebody who cares about them and um you know is there to listen and and really support them in the way that that makes them feel good about who they are so i applaud you for the work you do i'm so glad we had an opportunity to talk thank you so much this is annie fox for family confidential to learn more about my work with tweens teens and their parents visit anniefox.com and check out my parenting book Teaching Kids to Be Good People, Progressive Parenting for the 21st Century, and my latest book for tween girls, the girls' Q&A book on friendship, 50 Ways to Fix a Friendship Without the Drama. And please rate us on iTunes. It helps other folks find this show. Family Confidential Podcast is produced by Electric Egg Plant, creators of books and apps for parents, kids, tweens, and teens. And tune in next time when my guest will be Caroline Green. Caroline is an author, recovering lawyer, and chronic overachiever who believes you don't have to stop being you to be an awesome mom. Till next time, happy parenting. <laughs>